Good morning, Golden Corner Church. Thank you for 2016, and I thank you for being here on this Sunday. Uh, let me say this before going any further. Do we have any Clemson Tiger fans in the house? Any Clemson Tiger fans? Congratulations on a national championship. A great game, one of the best I've ever seen. Great team, great coach, legendary quarterback. I mean, what could you ask for? I think it ended in a fitting fashion. And uh, I haven't had a chance to speak here since our Christmas service we had on December the 18th. I, I just felt like I need to say something. Now, I don't know how many of you were here, if you weren't here, but I just need to say this. That was not only the best Christmas service I think I've ever been in. That may very well be the best church service I've, I've ever been a part of. And during both services, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, I've never been more proud to be the pastor of Golden Corner Church than I am this morning. And here's why, because I could tell that God had used our church as a team. You know, I could see it in the worship team and, and, the, and the people who were willing to share their testimonies. I could see it in our guest services and, and uh, people, the, the greeters, the children's ministry team. But I could see it in the faces of everyone who was at this church. There was just a spirit of, of, of unity and cooperation. I think we were all on the same page. All we wanted to do is represent Jesus here. And you could just feel his presence in the house. And I just wanted to say, thank you. Man, that was a job well done. And this morning, I want to start a sermon I'm going to call Retrospect. I'm reluctant to call it a series. And uh, I don't know if it's going to, I know it's going to take more than just one sermon for me to say what God has given me to say. Uh, it may just take one more, so we'll just call it one long sermon. And then maybe again, it'll stretch out into a series. This is, we're two weeks into a brand new year. Two weeks in. I don't know about you, but I'm guessing at this time each year, you're doing the same thing I've been doing, and that is you're kind of looking ahead into the coming year, and you're prayerfully setting some goals, and you're prayerfully formulating some plans that if you can stay on are going to help you achieve those goals. And before I get too deep into that process every year, though, I like to look back over the previous year in retrospect. And so this morning, that's what I want us to do Together, I want us to go retro, and I want us to look back uh, at, uh, the, at last year. Here's how far I want us to go back. Let's go back to January the 3rd, 2016. It was a Sunday. We met together just like this, and I preached a sermon here. Does anybody remember the sermon I preached on January 3rd, 2016? Oh, you're killing me, man. Come on, man. How could you forget that life-changing sermon that I shared? I remind you that the title of the sermon was Transformed. And for the next few minutes, I want to remind you of what I shared with you that day. And so I'm going to quote myself, which is really weird, Tom. It just feels weird. But I'm going to quote myself and share just a little bit of what I shared with you on that Sunday. This is what I said. I know the word that will best describe what God is going to do at Golden Corner Church in 2016. And that word is transform. This year, God wants to transform us. And to explain that, I read you a verse from the Bible, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Paul wrote this to a church full of people, a lot like us. And this is what he said, and I think we're going to read it together. Paul told these Christians, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Okay, what does that mean? Here's the way I explained it a year ago. 
Paul starts verse 2 with a don't. I want you to notice this was not a suggestion. This was rather a command. Paul told these Christians not to embrace the world's me-first mentality. He said, don't, don't, don't start thinking like the world, because if you do, you're going to start acting like the world. The phrase, copy the behavior and customs, means literally to masquerade or put on a mask. Paul didn't want these Roman Christians to masquerade themselves as worldly people. He wanted the world to look at these believers and see what was inside them, and what was inside them, a person was inside them. Jesus was in them. Paul knew that if the Romans thought like the world, they'd act like the world, and if they acted like the world, they'd hide Jesus from the world. So he said, guys, don't do that. And having told them what not to do, he proceeded to tell them what they should do. He said, you ought to let God transform you. There's our key word, let God transform you into a new person. Paul said, I want you to let God transform you. What does it mean? He's saying, I want you to let God change you profoundly, so profoundly that you're not just a better person, you're a different person. A new person. When the world looked at the Roman Christians, Paul wanted them to see someone new. I think he wanted them to see Jesus in them. And the verse that leads me to believe that is 2 Corinthians 3.18, where Paul tells us that the goal of transformation is Christ-likeness. Paul wanted the members of the church in Rome to let God so change them that the world no longer saw them, but saw Jesus who was living in them. End of quote. And I gave you the Hodge translation for the first two sentences in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And this is the way it could have been uh, shared. Don't think like the world or you act like the world. And if you act like the world, you will hide Jesus from the world. But rather let God so profoundly change you that the world no longer sees you, but they see Jesus living in you. Now, as your pastor, I knew going into 2016 exactly what God wanted to do in each of our lives. He wanted to transform us. Last year should have been a time for each and every one of us of radical personal change. God wanted to so transform us in 2016 that people actually stopped seeing us and could see Jesus who lives inside of us. There were two things about this transformation I pointed out to you that day. One, it's a transformation that only God can pull off. Remember how Paul, how he worded that? He said, let God transform us. It's not something that we can do our own. However, it's a transformation that God won't pull off without our cooperation. Paul exhorted these believers, let this transformation take place. Man, we learned something, I think, of critical importance there. You and I can allow this transformation to happen. Or we can prevent it from happening. But it's our choice. God wants to transform us. God can transform us, but God won't transform us unless we're willing to cooperate with Him. We learn that if we, to cooperate with Him on this requires more than good intentions and the right words. It, it, it means we've got to do more than just say, here I am God, transform me. Man, that's like waking up on January 1 and say, here I am God, take 40 pounds off of me. It's going to take more than words. You know, it's going to take more than words. It's going to take action. And it's the same with the spiritual transformation. It requires action on our part. People who are transformed devote themselves to a plan that consists of four practices. And we, we found this outlined in the New Testament book of Acts, chapter number 2. 
And the plan consists of four steps. Pray, learn, act, network. You got the plan? Pray. We devote ourselves to praying. We devote ourselves to learning and a particular kind of learning, learning the Bible. Act. We devote ourselves to a particular kind of action, obedient action, doing what God tells us to, applying what we learn in the Bible. In is for networking, which means that we network together with other believers, and they help us become what God wants us to be, and we in turn help them become everything God wants them to be. When we devote ourselves to these four practices in the plan, we are actually beginning to allow God to transform us. God's part is to change us. Our part is to let him do that by devoting ourselves to the plan. Now, at that point in the sermon, I made you a promise. I promised you that I would spend 2016 preaching primarily on four topics. Can you remember what those four topics were? If you can't remember it, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make an educated guess. What were they? Oh, come on now. Huh? Pray, learn, act, network. Man, you got it. That's it. I told you. I said, I'm going to spend most of the year preaching on those four topics. So, how'd I do? Years passed. We're in a new year. How'd I do with that? I think I did. I think I did well. (laughs) According to my account, I preached about prayer Seven times last year. Most of those were in the Wow Factor series. I preached on prayer seven times. Now, I only preached about learning the Bible one time. And that was the third message in this series, Don't Just Do Something, Sit There. But I've got to say this. I've gone back and listened to that sermon twice. And if you're only going to do one, that was a doggone good one. I can tell you that. As a matter of fact, I shared with you a, a process of learning the Bible that's worked for me for almost four decades. And and as simple-minded as I am, if it can work for me, it can work for anybody. According to my account, I I preached about acting obediently six times. I think two of those were in the Wow Factor series, and I spread the others out over the course of the year. I preached about networking with other believers five times. Those five sermons were in a series entitled, With a Little Help from My Friends. In addition, I did a three-part series about visiting with God. Don't just do something, sit there. And I think there were two other sermons where I outlined the same plan I'm referring to this morning. So, you know, in my estimation, I kept my promise to you. I, I did what I told you I would do. Now, I got a question for you. How'd you do? You say, well, I don't remember promising that I would preach those sermons. <laughs> uh, you were supposed to apply those sermons. Remember, transformation only takes place when we act on and we devote ourselves to the four practices in that plan. And that was the reason I was teaching you, was so that you could apply those things so that the transformation that God wanted to work with began taking place in each of us. So this is your part in the sermon. How'd you do? Did you you apply what I taught? I know what some of you are thinking. I don't like the direction this sermon's turning. Oh, it's going to get really nasty. I'm just going to be honest with you. The first crowd, did anybody tell y'all? Did did anybody say to y'all about the sermon before you came in here? Listen, if they did, they didn't come in. 
I promise you, if they alerted anybody, they, they left, they, they're, they're headed to the restaurant right now going, we're not going in. I need to know something. You need to know something. Did you apply those sermons? You said, Ronnie, how would I, how would I know? Let me, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to paint a word picture. If you applied what I taught here last year, this is how your life looks. And you see if you find yourself in this, okay? On a regular basis, every week, you call a timeout. Now, this may not happen every day, but it happens most days. You call a timeout. You stop everything you're doing. You eliminate as many distractions as you can. And you visit God. You visit with Him. You know what I'm talking about? You give Him your undivided attention so that the two of you can engage in meaningful conversation. You see, do you see? I mean, this thing, it's for you. You don't have to say anything like, Dear God, let up. I'm guilty. You don't have to say anything like that. Just for your person, do you see yourself here? In this conversation, you talk to God through the means of prayer. And maybe there were times, before 2016, you might have been guilty of your prayers being lifeless, repetitive. You just said the same old things. God bless them, watch over them. God be with them. God bless them, God watch over them. God be with them. I feel like sometimes God is wanting to say, can you elaborate on that? Come, can you just elaborate for a minute on that? But you mean, maybe your prayers out there were just kind of repetitive. They were lifeless. You just, it was mechanical. You just found yourself going through the motions. Maybe you didn't even pray unless there was some type of emergency situation. But man, something changed last year. When you pray now, you pray sincerely. You, you know that God, you've entered into God's presence when you pray. And you know He's listening to you. And it's done something for the way you talk to Him. You're more open and personal and honest and real. You know that when you're praying, you're really talking to God. You feel it, you sense it. Maybe 2016, you found yourself praying more than ever before. One of the reasons is you have these, you schedule these visits now. So you're intentional. You've got these visits planned out in your week, and you're, you're, you're visiting with God. And so naturally, just because you're intentional, you're praying more. But something's happened through the course of your day. As a result of these visits with God, you're more conscious of His presence. And so not only are you praying every day, you're praying throughout the day. Not only are you praying intentionally, you're praying spontaneously. And because you're so aware of God's presence in your life now, you find yourself thinking of Him through the course of the day. And when something pops up, you immediately whisper, a quiet little prayer in your heart. You find yourself praying like that all the time. And maybe before last year, your prayers were kind of like you going over your personal wish list with God. God, I'll take one of these. And, and Lord, if you could give me two of these and three of these would really be nice. And if you could fix this and this and this. And, and if you would, just don't let this happen at all. And, and it's kind of, but no, something happened last year. Not that there's really anything wrong with you going over your wish list with God. But maybe last year something changed in the way you pray. And you found yourself starting to pray for people more. Other people. 
And I'm not talking about you praying, you know, God bless the missionary on foreign soil and that soul nearest eternity. No, 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 no. You pray for people by name. you got people whose names you call out in prayer consistently. And, you, and it's not this vague stuff. Bless them. I mean, you're praying, God, they really need a new job. God, they really need their marriage repaired. God, they really need help with, you know, a rebellious child or whatever it may be. You're, you are calling out specific requests. For them now. You're a real intercessor now. Maybe you weren't in, 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 the, in, in 2015, but that changed last year. And when you pray, man, you pray big stuff. You learned last year that God has unlimited power, unlimited resources, so you took the limits off the things you're asking Him, and now you're asking for big stuff. As a matter of fact, if people knew some of the things you're praying for, they'd think you're crazy. You're praying so big. Not just for you, but for those people that you pray for. You're praying big prayers. You know, most of your praying is done alone, and I think it should be. But last year, something changed. You started praying occasionally with other people. If you're married, you and your spouse started praying together. If you've got children, you, you bring them together and you pray together as a family. And maybe if you're in a life group, y'all pause occasionally. Y'all not only pray for each other, but you pray together as you pray for each other. And maybe used to, if a problem or a, a crisis arose or an enemy arose in your life, the first thing you did was you'd just be overcome with anxiety. But, boy, you learned last year that any time you start to feel the panic, you know what to do. You pray. And so you're quicker now to hand these things off to God and get rid of the anxiety. Did you see yourself? Now, y'all need to listen to me because we're going somewhere with this. Did I just describe you? Your prayer life. Now, in these conversations with God, you not only talk to Him by praying, but you listen to Him by taking out the Bible and giving Him a chance to talk to you from the pages of the Bible. If you didn't have a good study Bible in a modern translation, you took care of that last year. And you stopped trying to just get through a chapter a day or read the whole Bible in a year. You, you pushed that aside. And now you don't, you don't hurry through the Bible. You take small sections of the Bible, maybe a story, and you just read that story over and over and over again. And then time passed, if you were reading the Bible and you come across something you didn't understand, you just skipped over and said, Whew, I don't know what that means, don't know who that was, don't know what that was all about. Oh, you stopped doing that this year. Now what you do is you make note of those things and you do a little research. You really try your best to find out what the meaning of that is because you know you could very well unlock the meaning of the whole passage if you discover that. This year you learn to focus your thinking on the Bible by, by always asking the passage of Scripture three key questions. What do I learn about God? What do I learn about life? And a lot of what I've learned, what am I going to do? Knowing that the Bible is a book not only to be understood, but the Bible is a book to be applied. As a result of these conversations you're having with God, something's happening. God is speaking to you personally more than, maybe more than ever in your life. Speaking maybe more clearly than He's ever spoken to you. Your relationship is changing and evolving. You're getting closer and closer to Him. Your relationship with Him is becoming healthier. Now, you know I'm not just making all this up. You know these are the things I taught last year. Now, because you're meeting with God and you're having these conversations, He's giving you leadership. He's giving you guidance. He's kind of showing you the way to go. Here are things I want you to do. Now, there may have been a time in your life 
where if he told you to do something and you knew it was going to be unpopular with your peers, that they may criticize you if I do that, they may ostracize me if I do that, maybe they'd even persecute me, this is what you would do. You were very selective. Some things God wouldn't do, you would do as long as it wasn't going to be any, it wasn't going to cost you anything, it wasn't going to put you in a difficult position, you would do it. But if, if somebody's going to get mad at me or somebody's going to criticize you say, I might not do that one. You're different now. You're different. God wants you to do it. It doesn't matter what the crowd thinks. It doesn't matter what you think they're going to say or do. You just do it. May have been a time before last year where if there was a price or risk attached or it seemed kind of irrational, you'd go, I'm not necessarily, you, know, you may and then you may not. You just don't know. I don't know. That's kind of crazy. I don't think I, you know, in my mind, God, I'm not going to do that. But, oh, something changed last year and now here's the way it is. If he tells you to do it, it doesn't matter what the cost is. It doesn't matter what kind of risk is involved. It doesn't matter if it all makes sense in the grand scheme of things to you. You just know it's You do it. You do it. You're in. Obedience has now just become kind of a, a way of life, a pattern for you. Now, to help you do these things, you see, can you see you're praying, you're learning, you're acting. You're committed. Now, to help you do this, you know what you did last year? You plugged into a network of people. Friends. Friends are going to help you continue to do this. you got friends in your world who pray for you. And they don't just pray for you when you pick up the phone and call them. You know that they pray for you, that they got your back. They pray for you every week. They pray for you intelligently. They know you well enough to know what you're going through. And they pray about those things. That you've always got somebody praying for you. You've, you've now got people in the world who are going to be honest with you. They're going to shoot straight with you. If they see you veering off the path or making a big mistake, they're going to step in and go, look, I'm putting a relationship on the line. This is at great risk to me, but I feel like I see something going on in your world. And and I'm going to be honest enough to tell you might want to proceed with caution. You've got people like that now in your world. They're going in the same spiritual direction you're going, and they're devoted to helping you get there, even if, if it means they've got to be completely honest with you and open with you. You've got people in your world who are setting an example to you. They live by faith. They're tackling giants. They're accomplishing things way beyond their education or skill level. You know, you're seeing this happen to them, and their example is inspiring you. You've got friends like that now in your world. You've got friends who encourage you. They see you doing right. They're quick to give you two thumbs up and say, that was a good job. They see your spirit wavering. They're quick to step in and offer you words of encouragement. And not only do you have a network of friends like that, you're becoming a friend like that to them. And for that reason, you know what's happening? You know what started happening last year? You started changing. You started growing. Oh, you're not perfect, and you've got a long way to go, and so do I. But last year, you noticed something. Your attitudes started changing, becoming a lot more like Christ. Your words and behavior began to change, and they became more like Christ. You may have even begun to see God using you to transform other people. Now, I've got to ask you, very honestly, did I describe you? If you applied what I taught here, 
than I just described to you. Now, some of you, yeah. Now, I know, I know you're humble. But the fact is, that's a pretty good description of you. And if, I, if that didn't describe you and you know the areas, that, you're working on it. You're working on it. You're bound and determined that this is the way you're going to live. You're working on it. And I want to thank you. Because that's critical to the future of this church. And I'm going to explain that in a few weeks. But if you're sitting here and you went, uh, no. Very little of that. Could I even relate to? That, that's not me. And I can't say that I'm really doing anything to change that. I got a question for you. Why not? You, you understand what it's revealing. You didn't apply what you were taught. You didn't apply what you learned. So the question is, why not? Some of you may be visiting, or you just maybe you're, you've started coming recently to Golden Corner. This is what you're thinking. Well, you know, hey man, we look kind of let up. We just started coming here in November, December. We didn't hear a lot of those sermons, and you know what? I give you a pass. I'll take that. I understand. I'm glad you're here. Now, some of you would chime in very quickly, and you'd go, uh, well, even though Golden Corner was our church last year, it wasn't a stellar year for us in church attendance. We missed a lot of sermons, so a lot of things you taught we didn't hear, so I guess we're excused. Is that a legitimate excuse when every one of our sermons are online? You can either listen to them on the podcast or you can watch them on the website. Is that a legitimate excuse we missed? I just didn't know. I didn't hear. I don't think so. I have dreaded preaching this sermon. I've known for nine months that on this Sunday, first Sunday I got to preach, this is what I'd be preaching. And I have dreaded it. I have been eaten up with anxiety in spite of my sermons all day, yesterday, because I knew I'm coming to preach this sermon. You say, why is it? Because it's a confrontational sermon. I'd rather preach on heaven the love of God, forgiveness. But I need to know, I, I think you need to answer this question. If you didn't apply what you learned last year, why not? You say, well, you know, I don't know how to do those things you just taught. I don't know how. I'm not buying that. And I, I, I can't, I'm just going to be honest with you. I've listened to every sermon I preached last year at least twice. At least twice. You say, why would you do that? I'm a glutton for punishment. That's all I know is I'm a glutton for punishment. But I do know this, that in every sermon that I preached, not only did I tell you what to do, I explained to you how to do it. I gave you at least enough information to get started. So don't, don't say I don't know how. I know what some of you think when you hear me talk about visiting with God and praying and all reading the Bible. I know what you think. I'm sorry, you ain't getting out on this one. <clears throat> and, uh, no, no excuse. We'll take a phone call. I know what some of you think. Ronnie, you don't live in a real world. You don't live in a real world. 
I mean, in our household, my husband, you know, my husband works, I work, we got children in school, we've got school, you know, uh, the, you know, functions we have to go to, we got rec sports, we got, we got all, who has time? We don't have time. I gotta be honest with you, I'm not buying that. We talked in this series, don't just do something, sit there. We talked about the fact that you don't have to take a lot of time to do this. Take 15 minutes a day. If you took 15 minutes a day, seven days a week, you know what percentage of time that is that God, out of, out of the amount of time that God gave you in a week, you know what percentage that would be? 1%. 1%. We even talked in that series about how to, the, the fact we've all got the time, we just need to make the time. And I gave you some tips on how to make the time. Now here's the thing, here's what I'm trying to show you. If you did not apply this, there's got to be a greater reason. There's got to be a real reason. I think I know what it is. You didn't want to. Plain and simple. Yes, I heard. Yes, I learned. I said no because I didn't want to do it. I don't want to do that, Ronnie. I don't want to carve out time to visit God and learn how to pray and take the Bible, learn how to use it, begin to obey Him, you know, every day of my life and network. I, I don't want people trying to help me. I don't want to try to help people. I don't want, any, I don't want to do that. That's it. That to me might be the greatest mystery I've come upon in my entire ministry. Why wouldn't we want to do that? I mean, we last year in the sermon I shared with you that, that God wants to perform this transformation. It's part of his plan all along. And here's the deal. If he can transform us, eventually he'll transform other people through us. And I showed you how all this worked in that context. And, and so you know it's what God wants to know. You know it's what other people are counting on. But somehow now that you came to the conclusion, it's not what I want. So I'm not going to do it. Now I want to tell you what some of you are thinking. I don't like this. I don't like this. I'm going to tell you something, guys. Now, you know this is not typical for me. It's not typical for me to preach this way. But if this is uncomfortable for you, you need to make other plans for next Sunday because it's going to get real next Sunday. We learned this year that to grow, we've got to have people in our world who will be honest with us. We've got to have people who tell us the truth if it hurts. Did we not learn that? Well, I'm playing that role this morning. You may fire me, you may hate me, you may never show up here again, but I can promise you this, I'm shooting straight with you today. There's a reason we don't follow God. We don't want to. And that's the mystery to me. Why wouldn't you want to? I think I know. I think God showed me. And I think that's what I'm supposed to show you next week. (laughs) Well, this one's laid heavy on me. Thank God it's behind me. You know what I dreaded? I had to do this twice. 
Thank God this one's behind me, but I had to do this. You can listen, you can learn. You don't apply, it doesn't do you any good. You'll just be judged by it. One day, God will say, your preacher told you this, but you didn't do this. Can you, can you tell me why you didn't do this? If you knew to do this? It's coming, you know that's coming. God has a plan for this little church. And if he's able to pull it off, it'll take supernatural power. It'll take the power of God. And for us to access and release the power of God, there's a plan we've got to commit ourselves to. Pray, learn, act, network. There's a plan we've got to de- devote ourselves to. Pray, learn, act, network. That's where, that's where all this is leading. And so if you'll come back next week, I tell you, I'll do my best to explain to you. Some of you, some of you are sitting here going, you, you got me, you got me. Ronnie, I don't have the want to anymore. And, and this is a question I'm hoping you got. What happened to my want to? Well, that's what I'm going to show you next week. I'm going to show you what happened to it. Why you lost it. And what you got to do to get it back. Let's pray together. God, there are a hundred different topics I would rather have preached on. But in your agenda for this church, you told me to preach on four topics last year, and I did. And you told me that on this first Sunday I got to preach, I was to ask this church how they did. And I've done it. If last year was not our year of transformation, then this year is supposed to be. If last year we didn't allow that to happen by not really committing ourselves to this, then this is the year that we change that. So you help us look way down deep inside our heart. Take a careful look. And God, if the want to is not there, fix our want to. So that what we want is what you want. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.